Hey, this is Brent Leary. And once again, I, I have so many great opportunities to talk to people that are doing interesting things and co covering topics that are really important. And here's another conversation like that as I speak with Kiala Gaines, who is the head of global payments for eBay. So Kiala, thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me. So uh, we're still in this pandemic and it's caused a lot of challenges and particularly when it comes to small and mid-sized businesses. But you, you talk about global payments. What's been any kind of impact, uh, good, bad, other, when it comes to global payments, particularly from an SMB perspective? Yeah, well, you know, um, one of the things that eBay has um, long enabled, and um, I think one of really the strengths of the platform um, is the ability for, uh, you know, small uh, businesses, you could be anything from an individual, um, all the way up to an enterprise, but really, um, you know, the, the, the technology and the platform uh, makes it really easy for a small business to get their inventory up online. Um, and what the strength that eBay brings is buyers around the globe um, and the opportunity for cross-border trade. So when we think about payments from a global perspective, um, you know, a, a small business in the U.S. really shouldn't have to think about what's the preferred way for a buyer in Germany to pay. Um, and, and should know that the platform that they're selling on is one that is thinking about that on their behalf and thinking about how do we optimize conversion and make sure that we have the most relevant ways for a buyer to pay, pay uh, no matter where they are in the world. And so, you know, that, I, for me, that's really the convergence of sort of eBay uh, as an SMB platform and the role that the global payments should play in enabling commerce and being frictionless. When you think about the kind of the customer experience when it comes to paying for things and paying digitally, you know, sometimes uh, if I don't see the right offering for the kind of payment I want to make, I walk away. Mm -hmm. uh, when, as we see more and more of our uh, shopping transactions taking place online, how much of the customer experience is that payment portion? Yeah. Well, you know, what's what's interesting is um, certainly we see an emergence of new ways to pay even in an online transaction as online and mobile also start to converge. And those lines blur uh, increasingly now more than ever when um, as consumers, we sort of expect that pervasive checkout experience, whether I was looking for it on my phone and put it in my cart and then went online and completed the transaction, right? That that, that it followed me and um, that those forms of payment were all of a sudden device relevant so that the way that I shop when I'm on my laptop um, might be, you know, via whatever stored in my in my Chrome browser via Google Pay. Um, it may be that I use an Apple device and then when I'm shopping on mobile, um, it's via Apple Pay um, or credit card. And again, if you're a buyer uh, anywhere else in the globe, um, there, there's other forms of payment that, that might be more relevant for you in Germany, which I, which I mentioned, you know, they use secure uh, direct debits quite a bit. Uh, in, in Asia, we're seeing the emergence, of course, of a lot of the, the, the wallets, the WeChat Pay and, and things of that nature, right? So, um, I think it's really about uh, enabling those those buyers to shop however uh, they need and, and and the channels and the, the modalities are changing. And we're seeing that at the point of sale now, too, with, uh, of course, with 
the pandemic, uh, folks are adopting uh, NFC and contactless, uh, certainly at higher rates. And we're seeing, we're seeing that uh, as well, right? All of us in our everyday lives. Yeah, I, I, I was thinking about, uh, you, you mentioned different kinds of devices. And, and as an example for me personally, you know, I, I buy a lot of stuff from Panera Bread. Sometimes when I'm sitting at home, I'll just get on the, a laptop and I'll buy it. And I notice the payment options are different on the laptop than mm -hmm. if I use their app. Mm -hmm. How important is, is it to have the right, you know, the, the right payment for the right device, uh, for, particularly from a small uh, business perspective, as you try to cut down friction and you try to make sure that uh, you finish that transaction? How important is yeah. it that? Oh, if it's this device, we should offer this. Or if it's this device, we should offer that. How does that work? Yeah. Well, it's hugely important, although I will say mobile browsing has gotten uh, leaps and bounds better than we may all remember it um, in the early, early days. But, you know, trying to enter a 16-digit credit card number into a, a mobile phone, which at the time was not mobile optimized, as we all remember, um, was was not for the faint of heart and fat fingering, as we call it, was quite was quite common. Um, and so I really think it has been with the emergence of mobile that we have seen um, the proliferation and and the increase in popularity of wallets. Things like you know PayPal um, was very early in its um, mobile uh, sort of applications and having a, a way to to transact quite easily with a login name and a password which oddly enough is easier than entering 16 digits, um, you know, and then, and then Apple Pay and Google Pay come along. And so I think uh, the form factor, you know, as it evolves um, is really quite, quite relevant. At the same time, many of us probably wouldn't make, I don't know, you know, a $20,000 purchase via a wire transfer um, on our cell phones. I mean, you might, but it, you know, it's a little, it's a little harder. And so I think also the, how easy and how frictionless a form of payment will enable something to be also determines the form factors, you know, that it that it sort of um, gains popularity or, you know, adoption in. <laughs> no, and I was also thinking in terms of uh, when I pay for things with the phone, you know, kind of have the biometrics because it does the eye scan and, mm -hmm. and where does like the, the, security aspect from from these digital payments how is that uh something that provides some kind of an advantage or some kind of a mm -hmm. another way to make sure that that transaction goes through well um i am not probably the best person to give the technical nuances um, but at a high level i will say uh, that they actually can be more secure in some ways um, because the information is actually tokenized so, um, and you know this from probably the, the CRM systems that, that, that you work with, um, the actual card data itself, so the, the instrument, the credit card, whatever, debit card, whatever you used that was inside of that mobile wallet is not actually what is transmitted and stored um, with, with the merchant. Um, what is transmitted and stored is a tokenized, um, you know, representation of that card number that the merchant can still settle and get paid against. Um, but it isn't, it, it, you know, your, your card number isn't being put out into the ether for, um, you know, or stored anywhere for someone to, to compromise. And I'm guessing also it just makes it so much easier 
to once that transaction takes place, it like you were saying with CRM, you could actually that transaction gets routed into a system and you don't have to kind of do all this manual stuff anymore with this. That's right. That's right. Yeah, we do definitely see um, a lot of users want to store their information for repeat purchase. Um, which can make, you know, I, I myself do it quite a bit. It can make the purchasing experience almost too easy. Like I, I hit the button and, <laughs> and the transaction's gone. I have done that? <laughs> <laughs> like, oh wait, I, I did I want to actually hit buy or add to cart? Um, it can be it can be so so fast and so easy with um, those stored instruments. It's great. Um, but that's also the thing that you know makes it super easy at the grocery store now to just kind of pull out your phone and and click it and not touch anything. Um, so I think it is all about how do, how do we, um, we as merchants uh, adopt the technology that is, that is relevant to the device, the use case, um, and making sure that, that we're giving consumers those options so that if they want to use them, um, they can. I'm assuming too, as a, like looking at it from the, the business side of the house, just being able to capture this information and 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 i would assume it makes it a little bit more usable because once you've got it and it kind of if you have it integrated into some kind of a crm application then you can begin you know running reports to see you know who's buying what what's what's uh kind of what usually sells with this and so you can kind of feed that lead in real time so oh you're buying this well you might want to buy this too and that's kind of coming through because yeah. You're capturing all that. Yeah, you know, I might take it from like it, it's an obviously eBay's at an interesting point in its history um, with the management of payments, um, and we do get questions as to you know why now, um, why is it important, and um, you know beyond the more ways for buyers to pay around the globe and and enabling SMBs with that, um, it does enable us to have a more holistic view of a transaction. So if you think about the interactions that we're enabling and um, prior when we weren't managing the payment, we were really cobbling together sort of a view of the transaction data from someone else, plus our view of the buyer history and the seller history and, and trying to, you know, marry that all together. Um, so with a full view of the transaction in our system, um, we can actually much better uh, innovate on top of that and make sure that we're serving up the right experiences, whether that's, you know, just a receipt or um, inside the reporting applications for our sellers, um, really marrying that data together um, and providing a holistic view uh, all the way down to, you know, making sure that we just have a better view of, of who is transacting on our platform um and and sort of raising the water line for everybody to make sure it's a trusted trusted place to shop and sell hmm. have you seen any kind of surprising developments as we've kind of gone through this we're, i think we're in the sixth month of kind of being shut down at this point <laughs> uh you know, have you is, has there been any surprises have you seen anything that's like hmm i didn't expect that to happen as you know people have been shopping yeah. more online and using these kinds of uh, payment programs well, I guess like, like everyone, um, initially it was a bit of a shock to the system, right? We saw everything sort of shut down. And then what's been really interesting is seeing how behaviors have changed um, 
as as we come into this longer, right? So um, no surprise, we're seeing a proliferation of you know people who need to now set up a work from home space, and you need a monitor, and you need a desk, and things that you didn't have to have before, and you need to fix up your house because you're in it more, and you're tired of looking at those four same walls, or, you know, the home home uh, gym equipment. So the types of things that that people are buying, while um, you know they mirror what we would have bought before, it's been really interesting, I think, to kind of look at them through. The, a containment lens, if you will. Um, so that's been interesting. And the way the buyers shop, which we which we touched on uh, briefly, you know, um, uh, the adoption, the number of people that I personally see when I go to the grocery store that before probably would not have been whipping out their phones to pay for their groceries or that cup of coffee or what have you at McDonald's um, are now using their mobile devices to shop. And, um, you know, that how much of that behavior becomes then a catalyst for changed behavior that translates to the next time you go to shop online from your phone um, and mobily. And we are seeing um, that when given the option to pay with new ways, new forms of payment, um, that the, the buyers are adopting at higher rates than, than they were before. And then they have this whole kind of thing that has accelerated due to the pandemic with cashless. Nobody once mm-hmm. you take your cash, I don't have a lot of cash on me because I don't want to be giving it out to people. Uh, what about this technology that allows you to just kind of walk in the store and and you pick up something and it, you know you just keep it and then you walk out of the store and it totally has all your your stuff tra- you yeah. know added up and and charged your account. Well, there's obviously way more systems at play there than uh, than just payments. Um, you know, whether however the inventory is tagged and the devices at the door and the cameras and all that stuff, it it really is mind boggling. Uh, but but just as in you know e-commerce as a whole, I mean that you know enabling the financial part of that transaction um, at the right time in the right modality, uh, which is I you know triggering it as you walk out the door, I would assume, and not before, <laughs> um, right? And and this notion that you you may have um, an instrument on file that is stored to your profile that enables that really frictionless experience to happen. Um, so I think about payments as being a, a huge enabler for new and emergent uh, technologies. And while we haven't seen um, that one is pervasive. Yeah, I think, you know, uh, we, we've seen hints that it's coming and I and I won't be surprised uh, when we see more of it. I've been in one of those stores once and I, I was like, this is great. I don't have to wait in the line. Oh, this is great. Yeah. So, so I, I, I'll be interested to see if this kind of accelerates the adoption of those kinds of things. Yeah, we're um, stepping our way there. Yeah. So what are what are the changes that have taken place uh, because of what's going on right now, do you think are going to be permanent changes? Uh, I definitely am not um, a, a prophet to be able to tell that. I think you know many of us are in um, uh, react um, mode and just uh, trying to make sure that we're we're. Um, I think for for those of us um, and those industries that are that are hurting right now. Um, that we're finding, you know, ways to adapt and and help, and for um, categories and in certain industries that are actually doing quite well, that they're able to equally respond to the increase in, you know, whether that's um, inventory, sourcing inventory, uh, capital, et cetera. So I think it's really just about 
trying to be prepared to react uh, as, as the world continues to throw us surprises. <laughs> so I, I don't have any prophecies on, on uh, permanence. Uh, but I do, I do, I do believe that as we build muscle memory for new ways to pay, that those will translate over time uh, into our everyday lives more. Well, you know, it'd be great if you were Moses or something like that. But I totally <laughs> understand. <that. laughs> I know I'm not good at that either. Um, well, talk a little bit about you know, kind of what happens after the pandemic. What what are some of the things that I'm not, you know, no predictions, but. What, what are some of the things that you think are going to be important for uh, businesses? Let's say, take it a couple of ways. Uh, kind of the more established businesses that are brick and mortar and folks who are just pure online sellers. What are some of the things that they should kind of be aware of as we move past the pandemic? Um, you know, I eBay is, as, is continued to focus on sort of our core and what differentiates us, um, which we, you know, we, in our, we talked about early on around being a platform that enables small business, but really businesses of all sizes, um, to come to sell easily, to have their unique inventory reach um, the right buyer at the right time, wherever that is uh, around the globe, and to break down barriers really in doing so, and to create economic opportunity. Um, for people. So we are as focused on that now as um, we will be in the future. COVID hasn't changed that. Um, as I think about, um, you know, how, how, as you look backward, might this have been a moment of catalyst of change? And we talked about forms of payment, um, but we're also seeing, you know, businesses that haven't traditionally been online, realizing that rapidly they need an online presence and that convergence between um, online and mobile. Likewise, we're seeing that convergence between online and in-store, right? The buy online, pick up in-store, buy online, curbside pickup. The, um, and so, you know, um, the multi-channel, omni-channel, um, being able to serve the customer um, across, I think, across those different uh, modalities and, and, and technologies, whether it's mobile and it starts in the house and then it ends you know, in store on a pickup that actually now there isn't even a device involved. Um, you know, there's just an authentication of your order number or what have you. So, um, you know, I think that, that, that we may look back at this as a catalyst uh, for driving even more digital transformation. Um, you know, we, we were headed that way anyway, but um, it, it has made it quite clear um, how much uh, when we are all uh, at home, um, that when you have those channels still available to you, um, you know, how much value they can deliver. Yeah, I totally agree. Digital transformation seems to have been accelerated uh, for a number of different kinds of businesses because, you know, if you can't get to the market, you got to order groceries online. Right. <laughs> or if you can't go into the store, well, the store has got to come out to us. I mean, so these kinds of things uh, have definitely changed uh, behaviors and, and it seems to me if you're if you aren't addressing these right now, you might not be in business for as long as you would hope for at this point. Yeah. Okay. Where can people learn more about what you guys are doing in this area and how you're helping you know the sellers kind of deal with all these changes? Yeah, it's really like I said about um, sort of 
continuing to focus on our core, uh, on enabling um, the platform to be a really easy uh, place to come and get started, but also a place that you can grow. Um, and we have sellers of all size, uh, sizes on the eBay platform. Um, you know, anything from an individual who's just using eBay to sell to a large enterprise for which eBay might be one of multiple channels and they might be you know, using uh, different software applications to connect it all. Um, making sure that we are thinking about um, those different types of segments and building for all of them, right? Um, we, we, we have to, we're not one size fits all um, and having to make sure that we, we build for um, the small customer who may be just starting out, uh, who might just be new to the digital transformation all the way to uh, an enterprise who's savvy, who's been doing it for a long time, but, uh, you know, is, is maybe multi-channel and, and the way that they sell is even changing with pickup uh, in store and buy online, right? So um, I think we're, we're hard at work making sure that our platform is flexible to serve the different types of, of seller needs around the globe, um, that we are thinking ahead about how buyer behaviors are shifting and making sure that we can offer the most frictionless relevant ways for buyers to pay. Um, and trying to, you know, make sure that we're delivering value. Um, nice. And I would assume if you're if you're a, a, a new business or a business who's been around but wants to expand their opportunity to reach to, to get to new markets, a platform like yours will allow, actually allow them to do that with as little of their manual innovation as possible. Absolutely. Yeah, we really, you know, um, I, I'm not a, a merchant, but, you know, I use my phone. I use the, the, the eBay app and it's, uh, I, sh I went up showing it to people all the time. It's incredibly easy to start a listing, take a picture with your phone and list it. And then, it, you know, if I choose the, to have it shipped internationally, now that is surfaced to buyers around the globe uh, on, on various eBay sites. So um, it, it really can be, uh, that easy. And when we think about um, trying to make sure that um, sellers, SMBs particularly now have access to uh, technology that can really uh, expand their footprint. Um, you know, maybe they've traditionally only sold in their domestic market, uh, the city that they're in, the state that they're in. Uh, now we can cross borders into different states really quite easily, but even into other countries. Kiala, this has been really interesting, and I appreciate you taking time to, to kind of help me understand some of this stuff, because there's a lot of things going on here, and, and it's been great talking with you. And it's it's really amazing, because as we are getting ready to end this, and I'm going to stop the recording, your picture just got so much better, just like within the last couple of minutes. I'm, I, ho I hope Gabby and Carly are seeing this, because I was like, isn't this something? Like the last two minutes, it got really clear. <laughs> and I was like, okay, well, at least, I mean, everything sounded good, but those last two minutes, it was like, wow, we just, it just really got good, <laughs> but that's okay. Well, like we everyone, work from home uh, landscape. I think my husband was also on a Zoom call in the other room, so it likely <laughs> just ended. <laughs> it's probably over now. I could probably yeah. pinpoint exactly when that ended. <laughs> no, this, this has been great. Uh, I really appreciate you taking the time to, to share that with us. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Okay, so I'm going to end the broadcast.